As I'm preparing, we're going to wrap up. Uh, we've been doing a series together, as you guys are aware, on abiding in the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. And as we abide in him, he brings about fruitfulness. And, um, and so we've got some great testimonies today. Um, really looking forward to uh, hearing a couple people who are going to share some testimonies. That's always awesome. Amen. But as we prepare to go into the message this morning, as, as the dancers were declaring the goodness of God, uh, what, what dropped into my spirit was that God wanted to deal this morning with, uh, with a spirit of cynicism. And I don't know if you guys know this, but cynicism is not from the Lord. He is not a cynic. He is ridiculously filled with hope, a hope that he declares will not disappoint us. And so this morning, um, as, as we were worshiping and then as the dancers were dancing, I felt like the Lord said he just wanted to break that off of some of you who have become afflicted with a spirit of cynicism, that the enemy has he's overlaid that over your thoughts. It's a lens that you've begun to see through. And the reason why it's come upon you, the open door, is that cynicism masquerades as wisdom that if you will embrace it, you won't be disappointed again. So cynicism's promise, that cynical spirit, the promise is, trust me, I will help you understand reality and live in this life in such a way that you won't get caught off guard and be disappointed again. However, the trade-off is, I would say probably not worth it. Amen. So this morning, what the Lord wants to do is make an exchange with you. And in that moment when you believed that, how many of you guys know it only takes a second to believe a lie? But if you believe it, it affects you until you trade it for the truth. So this morning, if that's you, if your heart's burning within you right now and you're just saying, golly, that's just me, then I'm going to give you the opportunity to be ridiculously courageous and stand up and we're going to pray together and break that thing off. Ready? Stand up if that's you. That you want to be set free from a cynical outlook. It's an assignment that the enemy has put on you. It's not something you necessarily wanted, but you find yourself realizing, oh, my goodness, that's happened to me. And here's what we're going to do, simply this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak something, and I'd like you to repeat it after me. Think about it before you repeat it. And we're just going to make an exchange. And it's simply this. I break agreement with you, cynicism. You guys want to do that? All right, let's say that. I break agreement with you, cynicism. I don't need your help to protect me from disappointment. So I renounce you in Jesus' name, and I tell you to go. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and replace my hope. Restore my hope. Fill the places where cynicism has lived with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Good job, you brave souls. You're going to notice an immediate shift. And for those of you that if you were here and you were like, yeah, that was me, but I just really didn't want to stand up, you can do the same thing on your own time and it will still work. 
Jesus is here 24-7 all the time setting us free and giving us abundant life. Amen? All right. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read to you now from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. And uh, this is the scripture that we've been studying and, and going through for the last few weeks. And it's Jesus speaking to us, and he says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You guys notice a theme? Abide in him, lots of fruit. Apart from him, can't do a thing. I love how simple this is. Thank you, Jesus. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. That's not us, guys. We're remaining in him. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. The thing that I want to point out to you in this, first of all, I think you picked up what Jesus is throwing down pretty effectively. Apart from him, we can't do any of this. Amen? All right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I stink at loving unless Jesus is involved. All right? It's just true. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's just confess it. We're terrible. Like, all you are without Jesus' love is a pokey stick. Did you pick that up? There's a withered pokey stick. Your love is like, mm, mm, mm. But with Jesus, I am delicious grapes that satisfy your soul. Amen? So Jesus is saying, I don't even expect that you can do this without me. And we've talked about those suckers that he's taking off that are stealing our vitality and, and, and energy, stealing the fruitfulness that God wants to bring. We've talked about asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what is the fruit that you do want to bear in me? And I want to talk about that fruit for just one moment. I want to talk to you about who is that fruit for? Who is it for? Well, number one, it's for the Lord. God delights when we bear the fruit of his Holy Spirit, joy, love, peace, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, patience. These are all relationship words, aren't they? These are all the different aspects of what love looks like. And that fruit, guys, that fruit is for the Lord. He likes it when we love him back the way that he loves. Are you with me? 
So the fruit is for the Lord. It's when, when we're bearing that fruit, that's relationship. Like when we were singing to the Lord, you're amazing, and I see you, and I receive you, and I believe you, and I choose you. And he's like, that's my babies right there. That, I like how that feels. That feels like my son Jesus loving me back. Are you, are you guys seeing that? So the fruit is for the Lord. The fruit is also for us. How many of you guys know that peace is a lot more fun than anxiety? Right? Faithfulness is a lot more fun than adultery. Are you guys alive? I just think these are really good points. So the fruit is for you. The fruit is for you. And he says that, that you would bear much fruit, that your joy would be full. So the Lord's joy is full. It's for him. But our joy is also full. It's, it's for me. I, I'm able to receive and understand and believe and interact with God just like Jesus interacts with God as I abide in the vine. And then lastly, the fruit is for others. I'm able to love you in a non-pokey stick way. It's, it's, it's a gift from the Lord unto relationship. And what does he say? What's the command? He says, I want you guys to love each other the way that I love you. The way that my father loves you. That's how I want you to love each other. Guys, that's the fruit that happens. That's what that looks like in action is peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and joy. Amen? Kind of the opposite of that, cynic, that cynicism that the enemy brings, right? It's like just doubting your motives all the time. It's like, you know what? Actually, I think you love me because I'm awesome. And I think you're awesome too. Why don't we just love each other? How about that? I think you're made in God's image, and I'm going to go ahead and bet my heart on that, that you're a good person to waste my life loving. That sounds like a good investment. Doesn't that sound like dad? So that's who the fruit is for. So I want to give a testimony of some of that fruit, because how many of you guys, right, you've been praying for, and God has been putting, this has been part of this last process, for those of you that may not know, we kicked off the, the year with a week of fasting and asking the Lord, Lord, prune off the stuff. Cut off the stuff that's not helpful. Get rid of that. Get those suckers out of my life. Show me what those are, Lord, and then cut them off, and I'd like to co-labor with you on that. But then also, Lord, what's the fruit that you want to form in me? And I think I confess to you guys, and if you're too close to me, then you were like, well, I know what the Lord wants to do in your life. And that's patience. He put his, he put his finger on patience for me. So that's some fruit that he's been working on, and it's been really amazing. It's been really amazing because I am not naturally a patient person, even a little bit, even a little bit. Like if, if, if I've been with you and I seemed patient, it was me abiding in the vine and Christ was just like, whoo, this is some heavy lifting. <laughs> not really, I'm not, I'm not that big. All right. I want to share a testimony of, 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 of this manifesting in my life. When I was, um, when I was uh, 16, I, um, I won a scholarship to go on an exchange program to Australia. My father at the time worked for Western Mining Corporation, and it's based in Australia. And so they do like an exchange, and so I applied for it, and I won it from this guy who was a full-on, like, super smart, on the honor roll, like, top of the top, fantastic student. And at the time, I totally beat him out because I happened to have been two months older than him. <laughs> Poor guy. He totally deserved it. But the Lord was saving my life. So away I went to Australia. And during that time in Australia, what happened was I had always been 
pretty flippin' awesome, to tell you the truth. And people like me. I just do. And it's not just because I'm awesome, although I am. There's just been a favor on my life that people just want to talk to me. They want to hang out with me. They want to be with me. And I want to be with them, too, so it works out well. But when I went to Australia, then he, um, Lynn, you're looking at me like you're disappointed. I'm awesome. So anyway, it's okay. It's the abundant life. It's confidence. Okay, back, back to my point. So I'm in Australia, and at that time, what God was doing in my life was he was inviting me to know him as he is apart from, a, apart from performance, apart from what I could do, apart from being awesome. And he kind of just, it was very interesting, but he like, he like lifted the favor off of my life. And it was almost like in a day, I just turned invisible. I was there for six months. The first two months was my normal deal. I'm just, I'm just performing. I'm just doing what I've always done. And after two months, it was like, it was like a cloak of invisibility came over me. And I kid you not, I would go to school and it would be the end of the day. And I'd realize I hadn't talked to anyone all day. And then I would just go for walks. And, like, it was so interesting, but it was just me and Jesus. And during that time, for the next few months, I would just spend time with him. I would go out and float in the ocean. It would just be me and him. We'd just be together. I'd go out on my bike and take long bike rides, and it would just be me and him. We'd just be together. And I wasn't, I wasn't popular. I wasn't anything. I was just me and the Lord. But something interesting happened at the end of that season uh, because as a part of this exchange program, what we would do is get together. There were, there were a few hundred of us from nations all over the world and that was with the uh, AFS, American Field Service, came out of World War II to help people to get together and share different cultures and what have you and hopefully, you know, foster peace for the future. And so we would get together for these weekends and do, like, team-building exercises and have fun and all that. So you would see each other, like, either once a month or every other month, depending on the schedule, and we'd all hang out. So these guys all saw me when I first came, and then at the end of the six months before I left, we were with each other again. And there was this woman, her name was Goril, and she was, uh, I think she was from Germany. And, uh, and when we're all together, after this season of me just being present with the Lord, sort of being hidden with him and just being with him, abiding in the vine, really, right? She said something to me that, that hurt, actually, a little bit, but it was also a compliment, but it was hard to take. How many of you guys are married to somebody who gives those? Don't raise your hand. So at any rate, here's what she said. She goes, Joshua, I'm really enjoying being with you. And I'm like, it's awesome, you know, it's great. And she goes, because you, you used to be such a tryhard. And I was like, like, What? No one ever told me that before. That's a rough gig, isn't it? Find out you were a tryhard. So apparently I wasn't quite as awesome as I thought that I was. But here's what had happened. In those months from the time that I had started to the time that I was there as a 16-year-old, what had manifested in my life in a way that I had never experienced before, the fruit that, that showed up was just the presence of peace. I was just at peace. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have anything to prove. I didn't have anyone to impress, and Goril noticed and went, man, I'm really enjoying being with you because you're not a tryhard anymore. You know, it's not as exhausting as it used to be. The fruit was for me, 
but the fruit also manifested and showed in such a way that someone else saw it. And that was the presence of Christ in me. That was the presence of peace in me, and someone else could see it. So there's just one example of how the fruit is for the Lord. The fruit is for us, but the fruit is for others. And people notice it. And what God is desiring to do in us, as you guys know, is to have the kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But it begins and it is in us. So when we manifest that fruit, it's not a means to an end. It's the kingdom is certainly among you. Amen. So Jason's actually going to bring up a couple of awesome saints from this tribe. And they're going to share some of the fruit that God has been forming in their life. And we all get to enjoy it and probably already are. I, I'm going to need that mic, Jason. You're not going to have the opportunity to make comments along the way. <laughs> we'll say I felt, I felt like he was zeroing in on my, uh, my attitude about the Dallas Cowboys because I've been very cynical. I have lowered my level of hope and expectation. And I've just decided today they're probably going to lose to Aaron's 49ers. They're probably going to lose. I don't care. But when they win, I am going to dance and say in your face as if that's been happening. Um, thank you. Thank you, my brother. We're going to pray today. Um, and Michael, where are you? Michael, where are you? Oh, you're right over there. Hey, Michael. How's it going? Good. Michael Walmsley, give him a hand. I'll just step up a little bit here, sir. Michael, um, we were chatting about some fruit that's been growing in your life, and um, I was excited to hear. Uh, tell us a little bit. You, you've been with us at Christ Center for a long time, but about three years ago, you, you were having a lot of trouble in your family and your personal life, and you decided to make a change. So first, tell us what was going on in your family and your personal life. Um, so three years ago, uh, we were, had just come back from going to a different church. Um, my wife and I were on the verge of a divorce. Um, it was bad. Things were not going well at home. I was angry all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> You're doing great. Um, I was angry all the time, um, impatient, not very loving, not kind. Um, we struggled through uh, months and months of that. Um, eventually, uh, she came up to me and told me that I had two options. One was a divorce, and one was to go talk to Mark about joining a men's group. Um, it took me two weeks to talk to Mark. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Mark's a pretty big guy, and I'm a big guy, but Mark's kind of scary when it's when you have to go and talk to him. Um, I did, <laughs> finally, uh, after two weeks. Um, but uh, it was really hard to um, man up and go and talk to someone and ask for help. Why did you need help? What did you need help with? So I have been in sexual bondage and a sex addict since I was a young teen. Um, it's been 22 years, 23 years now. Um, so uh, it has really impacted my life uh, throughout um, all my entire marriage and our entire lives together. 
um, at the time, you said you were dealing with a lot of, uh, you mentioned anger, I think, mm-hmm. uh, impatience and, and, and shame. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So in talking to Big Scary Mark <laughs> uh, and, and joining that group, what was that, what was that like in the beginning? What were you doing? So the beginning was very scary. Um, I met with Mark. He said, we have a group that's meeting in a couple weeks. I would like you to come join. So I did. Um, that first meeting, those men were so kind, um, non-judgmental. Uh, they opened up their hearts, uh, explained everything that they've been through, all the stuff that they are learning, have learned. Um, just absolutely amazing, um, hands down experience. Was able to open up day one to men I've some I knew and some I didn't, but was able to open up and just uh, explain everything, everything I've been through from the time I was eleven or twelve to current, and it was amazing. Now. Uh the, the these groups and it's really funny that you thought Mark was scary because isn't he's <laughs> just like he's our gentlest teddy bear that we have, but he is tall. He is. Yeah, and he, <laughs> um, it, what the, what those groups endeavor to do is not just deal with the the sexual addiction, uh, but to deal with the root and why mm-hmm. those things grow. So for you, you had a lot of shame uh, for yourself, didn't you? Yes. And how was that? How was that playing out with your family? So I had shame, um, and a lot of my shame was perform. My family, when I grew up, was performance-based. So a lot of my shame came out of performance. If I wasn't performing or my family wasn't performing up to my expectations, uh, I would lash out in anger. So, like, coming to church on Sundays, uh, not wanting to get in the car. Um, I can't even tell you how many blow-ups we've had over that. Even, I mean, a little bit still. Uh, <laughs> That's I have, okay. I have learned patience, but, I mean, it's still, like, there are times where um, you go somewhere, you are expected to act right and to be right and to do what's normal. And with me, if I felt so much shame because I kept everything hidden right. that I couldn't, I didn't feel accepted or like I was a normal person or allowed, even sometimes even allowed to be there. Wow. So in this group, you began to deal with those things and uncover those things in 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 an environment of of real support, safety, and you're able to sort of go into those things. How long have you been a part of that now? Um, It's been three years now. Um, Wouldn't take back a day. What's, what has God grown in you, Michael? Oh, I, there's so much love and patience in me now over what it was three years ago. Um, love for my family. Uh, love for the men. The, the men that show up week after week and pour into your life as you're pouring into their lives, it's a dynamic change, a change that, uh, I mean, bonds that can't be broken and just, I mean, amazing things. And in your family, you were talking about like how you might deal with with uh, one of your kids having a, a a tantrum or a meltdown. How how are you different now? Um, I'm way more patient now. 
Um, there are times where, I mean, there's a lot of times you just have to let them be themselves. Uh, let them get the feelings out so that you can then help. Um, but we, both of us are now, I think, more patient than we were. Um, but yeah, we just try and let them flow, talk to them, bring them back, and just help them learn that Jesus is the reason for for their healing and trying to help them have a healthier childhood so that they can grow up with that knowledge. It, it's almost like you're treating them the way God is treating you in patience, like with where you are, even patience with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like now you're able to do that same thing with yeah. them. Yeah. Yep. That's not something we talked about. It just <laughs> jumped out at me. I'm like, that's really cool. Uh, I, I just... Isn't this great? Th- Michael, thank you for sharing. This is like a deep thing that you opened up here. So thank you. And, and Pastor Mark, can you just stand up? For those who don't know Pastor Mark here, stand up and walk forward. Walk forward just a little <laughs> bit. So you know. Okay. Pastor Mark, he is tall and he has really broad shoulders and he's strong and all of those things. But uh, uh, I just want to commend, this man has, has become an older brother to so many people in this house, and, and God has given him a lot of uh, uh, approachability and gentleness to be able to walk people through this. So if this is, if you struggle with these kinds of things, I just want to say, go talk to that dude. And don't worry, he talks to people about everything, so people won't think that's why you're talking to him. <laughs> but go up and, and, and talk to this dude, because there's lots of healing to be found. And, and I don't know, for those of you guys who know Michael and Stephanie, I, 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 I have seen fruit in this man's life uh, just in daily, uh, just in conversation with him. And, I, and it's not like we even hang out or, or have a ton of conversation, but th- this is, I can attest to this. There is fruit that's growing in this man's life as he's been opening. And, and look, his wife is nodding right along, and so you know that it's real. So we love you guys, and I just want to say how proud of you we are. Thanks, buddy. Emily Brown, can you make your way up here? Emily Brown, give her a hand. How you doing? Good. Good. It's good to have you here. Emily, uh, you have been a part of this here. We're going to step up just a little bit. No, like forward. There we go. Yeah. You have been uh, a part of this congregation for how many years? I've been connected to Christ Center for about four years now. Okay, for about four years. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what was going on in your life uh, at the time that you sort of came to us? It was a hard time in my life. I was having panic attacks almost daily. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't taking care of myself, a lot of exhaustion, and uh, rushing through my days. You mentioned panic attacks. What did that look like for you? They could look like different things. Uh, One is what you would typically imagine a panic attack to look like, shaking and kind of curling into a ball and shutting down. Um, The other one is just really speeding through the day but not being present at all. So sometimes these could be quite debilitating. You said sometimes you couldn't even speak. It was so intense. So, and and, uh, did you have community at that time? Did you have, what did you have? I didn't really have anything stable to even hold a relationship with. Uh, You you didn't even have a 
a home at that time. You were kind of couch surfing. Is that right? Yeah, bouncing around from home to home. It was pretty unstable. Pretty intense. Okay, so you came and you were you had joined a couple of different groups that were hanging out, and then you actually sort of stepped foot in the congregation. Yeah. And I loved what you said as you were looking around, because I don't know if you guys, how many of you guys experience this, but when you come into a church, especially in a small town, there's all these like points of connection, and like for years you're still discovering, oh my goodness, you're that person's cousin. Like I had, I had no idea. Now this sort of happened to you, right? And what did you do? I would go home and I had a notebook with all of the connections in our community with their names. This person was married to this person who's cousins with this person who used to be neighbors with this person. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? I love that she went home and took notes on us. That is so fun. Did you know that I'm married to the interpreter? Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's in there. It's, it's good. All right, good deal. I didn't know if you knew that. All right, just making sure. Uh, <laughs> so as, as you began to it sort of enter into this sort of this community, what's, what started to happen to you? I started to feel a lot of potential for growth and trust and relationship and just really genuine deep connection that I didn't have before. And that, what, what did that start to grow in you in terms of fruits of the spirit? Peace and joy. Peace. Peace and joy. I love yeah. that. And it seemed like that, I, I think for a lot of us, it, it, peace almost has to come first, doesn't it? Because there's sort of a stabilizing thing about peace. Absolutely. I needed peace in my life before I could really flourish in other areas. And, and a lot of that came with just sort of, similar to Michael, in, in that like being vulnerable with people yeah. sort of let you enter into those into those relationships. Absolutely, yeah. I've never been hurt from being vulnerable before. Can you, can you say that again? I've never been hurt from being vulnerable. You also have this job. Yeah. You work with children on the autism spectrum and with developmental disabilities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, it's very dear to my heart with our son. Um, and you also started working in the Open Heavens Room here at Christ Center. Now, by the way, we sometimes forget that not everybody knows about some of the things we do, and so we forget to talk about it. But that is one of the cool things that we offer here, an Open Heavens Room, for kids who, who, uh, who have sensory input I issues and things and, and, and don't want to hang, can't quite hang in the regular service and maybe don't want to go to kids' church, et cetera. We have a room especially for them if they would like to be there. Of course, anyone's welcome in the service. Um, but that's been a cool thing. And you, because you have a job you're, you're with, with children, yeah. with developmental disabilities, you, you came in here. Now, can you tell us a little bit about what those children teach you? Those children teach me a lot on a day-to-day -day basis, just really to slow down and enjoy the world around them and appreciate the little things that us adults tend to miss. For example... You, you, you mentioned um, hand washing. Mm -hmm. there, there are, with kids in general, washing your hands can be an adventure because everything gets baptized around you. Just lots of baptisms going on. But, but with, with these particular students, sometimes hand washing takes a little longer than normal, right? Yeah. Now, part of this because we, some, the, the sensory input, so things you see, things you smell, things you hear, mm -hmm become like really big and present in their mind. So when they're washing their hands, what's that got to be like? Yeah, I'll uh, be 
hands are clean them in from playing outside and we'll wash our hands before snack and stand me off a bit and let me be a seed. Okay, we're done, we're done. Time to, time to move on, dry our hands, let's get on with it. Um, but then I slow down just like they do and you know they need to be there for a few minutes and really just let the water go over their skin and enjoy that. Um, and it just reminds me to slow down. Because they might be there for a while. Yeah, that's their tool of regulation. They need that. Right. Yeah. So just that bit of that bit of regulation, the bit of slowing down, being present in the moment, yeah. even in the mundane little moments. Absolutely. And that is something. Uh, if if you if you have people in your life who are on the autism spectrum, you know that could be a real thing. It's definitely a thing for my son too, just to be able to enjoy a thing in the moment. Mm-hmm. How has that affected? You, Emily, <laughs> you who, who came in with so much anxiety and were learning peace, and now you're with these children. And you said to me, they teach me more than I teach them. So how does that affect your life? Even things like washing your hands. Well, it evens out. I teach them. I, I do my job. <laughs> yes, naturally. <laughs> That's actually a really good uh, correction on how that might have sounded. They do. They teach me a lot just to be present in the moment and um, look at the beauty in the world and just just be present and feel that joy and that peace. Even it, even in something mundane. Absolutely. You gave us an example that had us both, that had Janelle and I both laughing hard uh, about just recently. In fact, it was just this week that something happened that you had to learn this lesson again. Yeah, I was driving down 99 and two people pulled out right in front of me and I was gripping my wheel and saying things I shouldn't have said and really frustrated and, you know, I just have to get to church. I have to meet Janelle and Jason. You know, I'm going to be late. So I'm driving and I'm so frustrated in this moment. And then I look west on 99 and everyone that drives this road every day knows what I'm talking about. But the most beautiful sunsets, reds and oranges and yellows, just casting over those mountains. And I almost missed it because I was so frustrated and not present and letting that steal, rob the joy from me. And I almost missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Can anybody relate to that? How those other things that are growing in our lives almost pull us away from the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's that just little bit of being able to regulate, being able to slow down, be in the moment, and then take in the beauty around us, which is what, which grows joy, which is all gifts from the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, Emily, I I, I know that we're all on a journey, and it's it's not like you're you're just you know a part of a community for a while, and you plug in and you do things, and it's just like boop, everything is everything is normal. I know some of these are still struggles, but the Lord really has done a beautiful work in terms of your anxiety, hasn't He? Absolutely. Can you tell us just the difference since or you, since that that early era you told me about? Yeah, just stability, overwhelming peace, and. Now I have these really deep, meaningful connections in this community, just full of love and peace and joy. And, and you're not having panic attacks on a, a daily basis absolutely anymore? Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Um, I, I know, yeah, give her a hand. Come on. <laughs> you, they were wanting to. I know a lot of people uh, are experiencing a lot of anxiety for so many reasons, and a lot of that was just hyped up over the last few years. And uh, Emily, I wondered if you could just pray over people who are experiencing anxiety. Can you do that? Absolutely, I would love to. Jesus, I lift up anyone feeling anxiety or fear in this 
feeling worry right now that you would just wrap them in your love and stand firm that you promise and give us the gift of joy and peace and that we cast all of our anxieties to you. Even in the chaos, you give us that opportunity. You are peace. You are joy. Thank you for loving us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Wonderful. Now, as we conclude today, here's what we'd like you to do. I'd like, I'd like you to get, I thought I was wrapping up. Did you just, oh, okay. Are you sure? It's a little micromanagement going on here. <laughs> Help me. Um, what we'd like you to do is to grab... <laughs> what are you doing? What we'd like you to do is to grab one or two people near you, okay? And tell them, we have two options here. Either tell them some fruit of the Spirit that the Lord has grown in your heart, or the thing that he, you, you really want to be able to grow in, the thing that you're asking God, that fruit that you're asking Him to help you grow in. And then just take a moment and pray together. And then... You can be dismissed. But before you do that, I have asked Pastor Joshua to come up and make an addition. As the, uh, as the uh, dancers were dancing today, then Kathy Stott had a little prompt from the Lord that there may be some of you here today that it was really ministered to you in regard to identity. And, um, and so the dancers actually are going to be up here. And if you would like prayer in that space, um, you can take that option and come up here, and they just want to surround you and just pray over you, that what they danced, the Lord would release in your life. So there's some of you that, that was, that's you, they're right up here, so as we begin to do what Jason said, some of you can take option B and come, and we want to pray over your identity, so they're going to minister to you in that way. So ready? Break. Break.